today's episode of the Brain Spike Map podcast, we are joined by Dave Remy, CEO of Event Store DB, an open source state transition database designed for businesses that are ready to harness the power of event-driven architecture. In today's episode, you will learn why Dave advocates that we need a new category of database now and what makes this type of database different, alongside how you can leverage the Event Store platforms to drive growth, efficiency, and innovation. And finally, he shares some practical ideas and pitfalls of a data engineer when implementing event storage databases. I hope you enjoy today's show. Thank you for having me on. My name is Dave Remy. I'm the CEO at Event Store. I've been in the industry dating myself for 25 or 30 years now, I would say, depending on how you count, uh, both at tech companies like Microsoft, uh, IBM, and BEA systems, uh, primarily on the dev tool side, um, but also in startups, a couple of startups, as as well as being a, in enterprise software as a CIO and engineering engineer and engineering manager. Um, probably more interesting to the list listeners is that uh, is Event Store itself. Um, Event Store is the company behind the popular open source database technology, Event Store DB. Uh, as well as, which we're gonna talk more about in this podcast, so um, we, we'll, we'll talk more about that later. And then as well as Event Store Cloud, which is the managed service that for companies that don't wanna run Event Store DB themselves, they can come to the team that is responsible for Event Store to, to run Event Store DB. Fantastic, well, thank you for coming on the show today. Yeah, you clearly have um, a long history in this line of work, and I'm really curious to know, like when and how did Event Store DB like first start? Uh, yeah, uh, so uh, InvestorDB DB has actually been around for a while. It was open sourced in 2012, so it's been around for over 10 years now. It was originally created by Greg Young, who is one of the discoverers the pop who made popular this idea of event sourcing, and a team of other pioneers that built the first database. You know, pioneers in the event sourcing community that built this first database. They they had created this, this type of database repeatedly for other projects um, at, at the time. And they decided it was time to create a production ready version of it, kind of distilling what they learned from prior projects. Uh, the first customer and the sponsor of the project was this pharmaceutical company based in Bath, UK, um, called Bath ASU, which was a spin out of Bath University. Um, but since then, thousands of companies around the world have adopted EventStoreDB as a production operational database technology pretty much across every industry stage of company. So it's, it's come a long way since that beginning in 2012. That's awesome. And that's a complete curveball because Bath, that, that's city or, or Bath as like many people call yeah. it as well. And where it's from, I, I say it with a bit of a accent really, but um, yeah. it's actually very close to where I'm from Bristol where you can actually cycle. Oh, yeah. uh, they're so close to Going each to other. City, so, sort of. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Um, that's awesome. So also, like, I'd be really interested to know, like, can you share some of the latest advancement in event sourcing technology and how event source like fits into the larger picture? Yes, absolutely. So event sourcing, as I mentioned, 2012 for the database, and it's been around before that. So it's, it's continued to mature over the years and gain adoption. Um, this, the, the pattern itself has matured. Um, and as, as more and more companies have, have adopted it, we're seeing best practices improve and success rates improve. Um, I would say one area of, that has been improving is this the analysis techniques that have emerged, things like event storming and event modeling, which are these new ways that business users can participate and, and visualize the design of, of the 
of the systems um, in a way that's very understandable by business users. I mean, it, it, it turns out that designing a system around events is a powerful and a natural way to design a system that, the, as I mentioned, the business users can understand and participate in. Um, uh, one of the unique aspects of event sourcing is that the, these business understandable events that are in a sequence, they're, they're very similar to what the way uh, business people think about their business. And what you surface in the design phase ends up showing up um, all the way down into the actual database itself. It's, a, it's fairly unique versus traditional databases. Um, in technical jargon, I say the design artifacts are isomorphic with the physical artifacts, um, which just means that you're, you're actually taking the exact thing business users are dealing with and putting them in the database, which, which, makes, which has the benefit of developers speaking the same language that uh, business users do. And so we, we've seen that, that, that maturing of how you design these types of things and, and engagement with uh, business users. Um, event Store DB itself was built from the ground up for event sourcing, this technique. And we'll talk a bit about more of that, I'm sure, further on. But one of, one of the profound aspects of event sourcing is that it proposes a new, a new more fundamental way of storing data, of keeping data, um, keeping, which is keeping all the changes in the, in the data, not just keeping the current state, which we'll talk about a bit more. And it turns out this is highly relevant to the, the major trends that are going on in the software industry around microservices and, and, and data, distributed data, which we'll talk about a bit more further along. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you're already like pushing boundaries there. And I'm curious to know, like, how does Event Store DB fit into the overall like event-driven architecture? That's a great question. And um, event, event Store DB is an event-oriented database, obviously. You can tell that by the name of it, even though we haven't talked a lot, a lot about it. And it can be foundational in an overall event-driven architecture. And uh, those of your listeners that know about event-driven architecture, they know how important and impactful of a concept it's, it has been and, and is influencing really companies across the board right now. But however, as it mostly as it's implemented today, it, it's defined sort of outside the application boundary, outside this, the core systems, it's between systems. It, it, it's primarily an integration or a data extraction view of the world um, with the application itself being this black box that happens to be emitting events. But, but that view, if you implement just that part, um, this leads to really difficult and even intractable, pro intractable problems um, around things like synchronization and audit and lineage of data once it goes outside the applications. Um, for example, if you think about it, if a, if a key decision is made because an event is fired in an application, um, it could be impossible with a traditional database to, to figure out what happened because it's already forgotten all of its history. So with Event Store DB, there's an it's within the application and it'll, it's an opportunity to have events, not just at the edge of applications, but all the way to the foundation of an application. Um, and imagine that you're actually writing and your core database within the application is event oriented. And now it becomes foundational for an entire event driven architecture for the, for the whole enterprise. And that's what we're seeing more and more is this dissatisfaction with just putting event driven architecture at the edge of applications and, and more adopting it at the core of an application um, for the reasons that I mentioned earlier. Okay, cool, cool. Now, I have to admit, like I have somewhat of a shallow knowledge across all areas of technology, having hosted this podcast and we we touch on a number of topics. So I will admit, like when it comes to this stuff, I'm not 
the most tech savvy. But I would be curious to know, like, why do we need a new category of database now? And what makes this type of database different? Yes. Uh, so let's start, let's start with a part of why, what makes this database different. So, and it's pretty straightforward to understand. Um, tr the traditional uh, databases that are out there for operational data, the relational database that you've heard of, the graph database, MongoDB with the document database, um, they all keep focus on keeping current state, the state of the world as it is. So, if, you know, it, if you update that data, it throws away the, the old up data that was updated and puts in the new data. Um, or if you delete data, of course, that goes away. Um, now, EventStoreDB is it's a state transition database, which may sound complicated, but it's really pretty straightforward. It keeps it, you keep all of the changes in state, not just the current state, and you keep them in order and including the sequence number that's associated with each of those changes. Um, now, if if you have all the changes in state, you can always kind of play replay that up to current and see the world as current databases would. Um, but the, these changes um, are first class and they're kept in the, in the database in a way that traditional, data, traditional databases don't. Um, the other thing there is that the, the business name is kept as well. So the, these changes in state, they're called events because they're named. Um, so for example, um, in a traditional database or say you, you had the last name changed from Remy to Smith. In a traditional database, you might just capture that. You throw away that Smith was there and only Remy would be there. Um, but this could be this would be captured in the database for the event store DB, and it would be given a name, like say for example, marital status changed event, um, which could be very different from a last name that's changed that could be called say a name corrected event. Two different things, not captured in any current database technology that I know of, um, and yet critical for downstream systems that are that maybe need to reason about this data. Maybe your AI doesn't care at all about corrected events. They just want to know what marital status changed events. These types of scenarios and many more start to be possible with an event store DB, a technology like this. The, the other thing that is significant is that uh, traditional operating databases were meant to pool data. Um, with, with event store DB, um, the database is built to stream data. It's streaming is first class. So, um, if you want it with the traditional database, if you wanted the data, if you want the data, you need to go to the database and you need to query it and pull it out when you want it. But EventStoreDB like lives in, in a distributed data world where data is constantly streaming to multiple downstream data sinks, data, data technologies in, in your enterprise and allows you to do that in real, real time and stream that data. Um, so when you're, you're trying to move to a real time enterprise like so many businesses are, this becomes a, a critically valuable capability. Um, and finally, uh, I think kind of the coup de grace here is that because you've kept all of the changes, in addition to being able to stream them in real time, you, you can replay them from any point in time, in, including the beginning. So, I mean, and the implications of that are profound if you think about it from the flexib business flexibility that you get, because you stored all of these changes. And now when business requirements change, you want a new report you, you want to change from one analytics technology to another, you can replay those changes from the beginning and repopulate that and have those reports as if they'd always been there from the beginning of time. Um, so it's, a, it's, a, it's really amazing for optionality and business flexibility and agility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'm getting a better understanding of this now. And I really like that example you gave with the changing of the surnames that that made things a, a lot clearer, actually. And could you also go into detail for our listeners 
on how they can leverage the event store platforms to drive growth, efficiency, and innovation for their companies. Yes, certainly. That's, um, you know, event sourcing and event store DB have been adopted in, in some of the fastest growing and innovative companies in the world right now, including Walmart, Zero.com, National Cash Register, Lafarge Wholesome, um, many of the top payment providers, some of which I can't speak about because we're under um, confidentiality, but, but many more. Um, and I would say, despite them being cross industry and across every shape and size, what they have in common is that they, they see the importance and the value of this alternative. Um, the, this idea of, of your storing data um, and, and once you know about it, and matter of fact, I'll use an analogy that comes up quite often is this from the Matrix movie, they, they've taken the red pill. Once they become aware that this option exists and that they could keep the data, um, you sort of can't unsee it. And it starts to seem negligent um, using a traditional database because you're throwing data away or what, what I tongue in cheek call intentional data loss architecture. And so what adopting a, a platform like Event Store DB becomes foundational for driving, driving growth, efficiency, and innovation in the, the business environment we're in that is constantly changing and needs to be able to respond um, to AI and other trends that are going on in the industry. Fantastic. Well, I have to say, I love that matrix analogy, and I'm pretty sure uh, most of our listeners will as well. But one of my last questions to you, really, I want to know, like, what are some like practical ideas and pitfalls of a data engineer when implementing event and like storage databases? Yeah. So from a practical perspective, I would say um, the, is to, pro I think that anybody who's in the software industry or on the business side that depends on data, um, I would encourage you to proactively go out and learn about event sourcing and event store DB. If you to try it out, um, education and training is available through Event Store, but also through many other channels. Um, is it, and, and a, a point I would like to make for someone who's thinking about this, adopting this, is that when when you because oftentimes when you first hear about this, you think, oh, especially if you buy into it, if you take the red pill, you think, okay, I need to adopt this wholesale that I'm that I'm we're proposing that you need to go out and take your entire Oracle database or your SQL Server database um, and transfer it over to Event Store DB wholesale. That's not required at all and, and not recommended. Um, Event Store is built for connection, which means Event Store DB is built for connection. So which means you can start small. You can, you can build your first application and then because it streams, stream back to any other users of that data, which might even include the, a legacy system that you're trying to replace a part of, for example. So adopt it, so start small, you know, adopt it for a small project, both personally and for your company. Um, and then only then, you know, take it and grow and learn incrementally in a safe way. And that's entirely possible with this technology. Um, and then another thing I would say is, of course, this is data and data is important. It's an important asset for your business. So, and you're, and you're adopting this sort of foundational data model of keeping low level data so the best practices of data engineering still apply. Uh, design, and, and design matters a lot because the better your initial design, the better you'll be able to leverage the data in ways you might not have imagined when the system was created. So the, the, I mentioned this before, but a state transition database like EventStoreDB, it preserves optionality. It allows you to move quickly in the face of business change, uh, which we all know is an inescapable fact of life. Um, and one final pitfall that I'll mention, it may not be a, it may not be that critical for this audience, but 
we see a lot of times um, you you explain this and and it seems simple to to have this type of data model. And we see we see often that companies and customers attempt first to build this themselves. They 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 go out and think, oh, I'm just going to store all the changes. I can do that. I can put it in my file system, or I can kind of crowbar it into some other database technology. But as you might imagine, first of all, a database is required, and that there's a lot of specific challenges to this type of thing. It's really a piece of infrastructure, and so um, when you're ready, you, you really do want a production-ready database, um, not something that you built bespoke, uh, which which could run, you could run a lot of risk when you try to put production data into it. I think you shared some really solid advice there, and uh, I hope our listeners can take something from that. And really, my last question to you is, I want to know, like, what are you folks focusing on there? What's next on the horizon for Event Store DB? So, as I mentioned, Event Store DB is in production now in, in thousands of projects around the world, um, both in Event Store Cloud, where we host it, but also hosted directly by companies of all shapes and sizes. Um, most of our current focus is on helping Event Store DB and event sourcing in general to be easier to adopt across every major programming language. Um, at the moment, Event Store DB has supported clients for pretty much every major language, TypeScript, JavaScript, Java, C Sharp, Go, and Haskell. Um, Python is very soon, and it's already in a, a beta type of mode, and other languages are coming. So it, it should be available in pretty much any language that you're interested in. Um, and then another area is to, to continue to focus on um, database tooling to help Event Store uh, work with downstream technologies. So at the moment, you have this requires a lot of custom development when you want to connect up to different technologies, different downstream data technologies. What, what will be coming out and what we envision is sort of this out-of-the-box connection capability to be able to transform data and connect in real time to all of the major downstream data technologies. Um, and of course, we continue to push on scalability and stability of the core database. Um, we've been running it in, in Event Store Cloud for well over a year. Um, and that just running it ourselves has enabled us to find more ways to improve stability and scalability that will benefit all Event Store DB adopters, whether it's in cloud or whether it's not in cloud. So all in all, the future looks like really exciting for Event Store DB. We believe it's going to impact the industry in, in fundamental, you know, profound and fundamental ways and positive ways. So we hope folks will come and give it a try. Yeah, I would highly encourage anyone listening that is interested to go give it a try. And on that note, like if people are interested, how can they get in contact with you and keep up with the work you folks are doing, Dave? There's two major ways. The best way is just go to eventstore.com and there are all of the contact methods are in there. It is an open source technology. You can go to uh, the GitHub site and see all of what's happening, what types of issues are occur, occur and, and also pointers to forums if you want to join a forum and and talk to the community more directly. So that's all available via eventstore.com. Fantastic. Well, we'll include a link to that in the show notes. But otherwise, I want to say, Dave, thank you so much for joining me today. And yeah, I wish you the and everyone there the best of luck. Thanks, Sam. Much appreciated. Growing a company has many hurdles, from securing funding to expanding your business capabilities to ranking better on search. Each business challenge is uniquely complex. The solution to these challenges is growth-focused digital PR and marketing, and that is where our sponsor, Publicize, comes in. 
Publicize sets itself apart from traditional PR companies. It does not charge large retainers or churns out press releases whether you've got a newsworthy announcement or not. Publicize builds businesses' online presence and gets high-quality PR and media coverage for startups and entrepreneurs who are priced out of a broken PR industry. What's more, listeners of BrainSpike Back can find the tools and resources they need to overcome common hurdles that many startups face when trying to generate long-term growth by visiting publicize.co slash bbb. That's publicize.co slash bbb. That is it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. I hope you've learned something. And if you have benefited from today's episode, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast as these reviews really help us grow the show. You can also follow us wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Just search BrainSpike back and you will find us. We hope you join us for more episodes in the future. And until then, take care.